Well, we're five days into Lent. Everybody doing okay? Everybody doing okay? Everybody surviving? No one's had a breakdown? It's good. I know uh, the last few days at the seminary, they always have a very large jar of cookies out in our cafeteria. And for some reason, they still keep it out during Lent, just, just to play with us. Uh, and I've just been salivating going into the cafeteria looking for the cookies. Um, but I think all of us at some point, maybe over the last few days, or at some point in our lives, have asked ourselves, why do we do this anyway? What's the point of Lent? Why do we have Lent? Why do we do this to ourselves? It's a very good question. It's a very good question. Lent is our annual retreat as a universal church. There are over a billion people who are hopefully doing the same things that we're doing. Praying, fasting, and giving alms for the next 40 or so days. It's, again, a billion people strong. It's our church's annual retreat. It's a course correction for us every year. And we're reminded of it, first of all, of our need for it in the first reading today. When we hear that all was fine and dandy in the Garden of Eden. It was Shangri-La. It was paradise on earth. We have God breathing life into Adam and Eve. It was beautiful. It was amazing. That is, until Satan got Adam and Eve to use their free will against God. He got them to freely choose against God. He, he, he subverted this great gift of their free will, and he got them to use it against God. He got them to use it against God's plan for them, and he got them to use their free will against reason. Every sin, really, goes against reason. And among the effects of this original sin that we heard about in our first reading today, among the many that were passed down to us, is one called concupiscence. What does that mean, concupiscence? Concupiscence is our tendency as human beings to choose earthly desires and urges over the heavenly ones. You can maybe call it our tendency sometimes to fall into sin. This doesn't mean that we're corrupted as human beings, like maybe some of the early Protestant reformers believed. We're not corrupted, rather we are wounded. We're wounded people. Yes, we can still do good, but we can easily fall into sin as well. And so we need Lent because of this original sin. We need Lent because of this wound that exists in our lives. We need Lent because we are sinners. And we need Lent because you and I, all of us, still make those same mistakes that Adam and Eve made in our first reading today. So Lent helps us ward off sin. It helps us to not choose sin. It's like spring training in holiness. And if you think about it, the Cardinals are down in Jupiter right now, getting ready. Getting ready to come north around the beginning of April. It, it always works. Baseball is a great analogy for everything in life. But it's our spring training in holiness. We do repetition in prayer, fasting, and almsgiving to grow in holiness. So we build up self-mastery. And we build up self-restraint towards things that we like so that we can better resist sin in the future. If you think about it, if I can say no to that cookie today, which is morally neutral, it's a cookie, if I can say no to that cookie, then maybe down the line I can say no to something truly evil, something that's truly wrong. And we can do that this Lent. And that brings us to our Gospel today, where we hear that before his public ministry, Jesus went out into the desert. Before 
his public ministry, before he went out all around Galilee and Judea, he first went into the desert to practice self-mastery. Now we have a caveat here, Jesus had perfect self-mastery because he was God. He didn't do it for himself, he did it as an example for us. That before we can go out into the world, before we can go out and be evangelists, before we can go and set the world on fire, hopefully, we have to get our own house in order. We have to practice self-mastery of our own temptations, of our own desires, and our own wills. And if we want to set the world on fire, great, but we have to make sure that we're set to go as well. We have to learn to master ourselves first. And so we hear in our gospel that Jesus was tempted three times. There were three temptations of Jesus. And each of these three temptations is considered representative of the three sources of sin in our lives. And they are the flesh, the world, and the devil himself. The flesh, the world, and the devil. And that was how Christ was tempted today. He was asked, turn these stones into bread. Satisfy the desires of your flesh. You know, about a month and a half ago, I was in Jericho in the Holy Land. And right next to Jericho is the Mount of Temptation, where Christ went up into the desert to look out over Jericho in this, this big desert in front of him. And the thing about Jericho is it's a desert oasis. It's rich. It's very, very fertile ground. So there are plants and fruits and all kinds of these wonderful foods growing right in front of him. And Jesus had to look at that for 40 days. And he didn't come down the mountain. Jesus was also tempted by the world. Again, Satan brought him showed, to the parapet of the temple and showed him all the great cities and said, fall down on it, the angels will protect you. Fall down on the world. Cast yourself to the world. And he resisted. And he was also tempted by the devil himself to worship him, to think that the devil was more trustworthy than his father. But the beautiful thing is, we have three weapons to fight against these three temptations. And they are fasting, almsgiving, and prayer. They match up perfectly. Because we're, tr and so we're, because we're trying to master these temptations, we utilize these three weapons during Lent. So let's look at them. Fasting helps us against sins of the flesh. We deprive ourselves of those sensory pleasures so we can ward off sins of the flesh later. Again, we're called to put to death those sins of the flesh, whether it might be something like pornography or lust or gluttony. This Lent is an opportunity for us to withhold ourselves from those morally neutral sensory pleasures so we can resist the evil ones in the future. Fasting in our senses allows us to delight in spiritual things. Or maybe almsgiving, that helps us against sins of the world, right? When we give alms, we realize that our possessions and our earthly wealth are not the greatest good. That we are not attached to them. That God is the greatest good. We cannot be attached to worldly riches. And so almsgiving helps us ward off sins of the world. And finally, prayer helps us against those temptations from the devil himself. Because prayer is union with God. Prayer is an exercise of trust in God, that God is more trustworthy than Satan. And when we pray, we reject Satan. You know, I tell parents of newly baptized babies that every step that we take toward God is a rejection of Satan. And prayer flies in the face of this. Prayer is the single greatest act of trust we can place in God. And it's a complete and utter rejection of Satan. 
So during Lent, we pray so that we can grow in our dependence and trust in God and follow him alone. So today, brothers and sisters, let's pray that we can arm ourselves with these weapons of fasting, almsgiving, and prayer to ward against those sins of the flesh, the world, and the devil. Because in this holy season, we need to prepare ourselves for those times where we are genuinely tempted and find ourselves committing evil. And let's follow the example of Christ, who humbled himself for our sake, endured temptation for us, and gives us the grace to do the same.